Very cool. Let's rock and roll, baby. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Fear Factory. They have a new album called Aggression Continuum, which is releasing on June 18th via Nuclear Blast Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Dino to share some more information about this stellar release, as well as a few other things that I've got across my desk here. So, Dino, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. I totally appreciate uh, you giving me this uh, platform to talk to you. Absolutely. Great to have you on. It is an, it is an honor, sir. And um, one of the things that came across my desk is this record comes just in time for the band's 30th anniversary. Yeah. Crazy. A lot of things change. Yeah. And I had to stop and think that you guys formed a large part of, dare I say, me growing up because it's been 30 years. Yeah, it's been a very, very, it seems like it's been a lot of years and it has, but just all the things, the ups and downs of these bands and just everything that we've gone through, you know, band members leaving, people coming back, bankruptcies, lawsuits, divorces, you know, financial distress, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's been very crazy and it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride, actually. Yeah. Now, I guess my first question then is Aggression Continuum, 30th anniversary, new album. What were you guys looking to do with this record? Looking to get it out. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's kind of funny, but we actually started the record back in 2017. We finished it. And um, because of uh, legal disputes with the trademark name Fear Factory, we couldn't do anything for the past three and a half years or so. So we were uh, skeptical whether it was going to come out as a Fear Factory record. We thought possibly that it was going to be under a different name. So, you know, you ask me now and I'm like, I'm just happy that it's coming out <laughs> finally, you know. Fast forward to 2020, um, uh, July 2020, I uh, was able to gain the trademark, the full trademark rights to the name. And from there, I was like, okay, we needed to do some improvements because the record was kind of sitting there for the past three years. And, uh, and, you know, we went in and we ended up doing live drums because initially we had programmed drums. So we had our drummer, Mike Keller, who's been with the band for nine years, go in and record live drums. It sounds amazing. It added some energy to the record. Um, he, added his, he added a lot of fills and rolls that was lacking on the album. We also got Andy Sneep to mix the record. He mixed Genexus in 2015 he did such a great job that i really wanted to get him back on the record and luckily he had some time and he was able to to mix it uh, i also got the producer damien reynaud he's a, a french french guy from nice france and uh he's been working with the band since 2011 uh doing a lot of engineer stuff he's on the record as a co-producer with us um and I, we've had various different keyboard players we had a fellow Canadian guy, uh, Reese Fulber, we got him back on the record because the first version, he wasn't on it. So I wanted to get uh, at least a couple of songs with him on it. And luckily he had some time and he was able to work on a couple of tracks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so I'm happy now that we can finally <laughs> get it out after all the shit we went through and get it out for everybody to hear. Uh, it'll be out June 18th. Yes, it will. Now, so many questions. One of, the things, one of the notes I had was the production team on it, and Andy Sneap obviously is not a uh, small 
person to have mix your your record um aside from the sound i guess he's just great to work with as well eh? very great to work with um he's one of the a-list mixers and producers as you know anybody who's in the metal world probably knows his name um yeah he did our last record genexus and it, it, that was like the first time working with him and i wasn't sure how it was going to come out but we seemed to bond really well and he was able to understand how the band should sound and he nailed it. So, you know, getting them back on this record, I thought was very important because I wanted to kind of some of that, uh, some of that Genexus vibe on this, on the tones of this record. I think he actually took it even further mm-hmm. and, you know, definitely made the mix really exciting and the mastering as well. He does mastering too. So he made that, those elements really exciting. And I think it really helped the record a lot. Okay. What surprised you most about working with Andy Sneap? Is it something that has been on the mind for a while? Um, well, Andy Sneap's a musician and he's been, he used to be in bands. So he really understands, you know, what we're looking for. And, you know, you could just tell him what you want, you know, uh, you'll, you know, at least what kind of like an idea of what you're looking for. And then he just normally just nails it. Wow. You mentioned uh, some of the tones on the record. So then did you guys record or did you record like a lot of DIs and he did reamping in his space? Um, you would think that, but I did the reamping before I sent it to him. Okay. And I said, look, this is the tone I want. He's like, okay, great. So then he just went with that and just beefed it up and sounded killer. <laughs> Pulled out a couple of EQs and there you go. Um, actually, that brings me to a uh, question because... Uh, as a guitar player myself, I've got a uh, Fortin Cali through Neural DSP, and on there are some presets, I believe, with your name attached to them. Correct. And not that I'm suggesting that's what's on the record, but I'm just kind of curious about that. Is that something they just said, hey, you know, throw do some presets, or is that something that you actually use quite a bit? Um, it's stuff that I use, like when I do demos and stuff like that. But as far as when I record albums, I use... Uh, my actual Mike Fortin uh, modified JCM 800 Marshall head. Okay. So that's what I use on the records. And that's what I use on this record. I use it to reamp the DIs. Okay. Very cool. And so that's like, I can't buy it. That's custom completely for you. That's custom. Yeah. I've made a patch. I think I put it on my Patreon page. Um, but it's called reindustrialized. Okay, that makes sense. That goes with the <laughs> that goes with the brand there. That goes with the theme the theme of Fear Factory, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, very cool. Now, something else uh, I heard across the pipeline. Speaking of custom, was uh-oh. yeah, uh oh, uh, and maybe I missed the bone on it. Story of my life. But uh, a guitar giveaway. So I was curious. Tell us about your, your guitar. Tell us about this giveaway. Okay, well, it's, it's my guitar that I uh, custom made with a company called Ormsby Guitars, which is based out of Perth, Australia. They're coming up some really nice boutique guitars. They mainly specialize in multi-scale guitars. That means like fan frets. Yeah. Fan frets. They call them multi-scale. So anyways, um, I met those guys about three years ago at one of the NAM conventions, which is a music convention here in California mm-hmm. every winter. And I met those guys like a few years back. And so I was with Ibanez for 22 years 
And uh, because of all the legalities that was going on, uh, some of the companies that I was involved with got mixed into the lawsuits. Uh-oh. So I decided maybe it's best I made a change. And so I made a change to Orange B Guitars. And so the guitar is fucking amazing. It's a 25 and a half uh, on the bottom. I'm sorry, 26 and a half on the higher strings and then 27 and a half on the lower strings. So it's a multi-scale, but it's only a one inch multi-scale. Most multi-scales go two inches. This is only one inch. I didn't want it to be too extreme to where people would get too turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing a giveaway. We thought it was a great idea to give it away and hopefully get more people to log on to Spotify or Deezer or Tidal or any of those um, places where you could like pre-save or pre-add the album. Correct. We're also giving away my pickups from Seymour Duncan. It's called the Machete, which is it means machete in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, because it cuts through. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we're giving away those those pickups as well. We're also um, doing a Protone pedal. Uh, I have a signature pedal overdrive with a company called Protone Pedals. We're also going to be doing a giveaway on that as well. Boom. Okay. Protone Pedals overdrive. So I'm speculating then you're using that to boost into the Fortin JCM 800. <laughs> That's what I did on this new record, yes. Okay. And we're hearing the Machete pickups on the record, and are we also hearing the new guitar as well on the record? Well, it's not a new guitar. It's actually, it's, well, it's a new guitar for peop- for some people, yeah, but it's, I've had the guitar for a while now. Okay. A couple, year, a couple years. Right. So they just walked up to you at NAMM, and they said, here you go, and you said, great timing, and just... No, 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 no. <laughs> this was like uh, custom made in their custom shop. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a long scale neck is what a Les Paul is like, what, 24 and three quarters and a Fender is like 25 and a quarter or something. Yeah, most Ibanez's are 25 and a half. And then um, when I released my Ibanez signature series at the time, it was 25 and a half. But this one is... 26 and a half on the high and 27 and a half on the low. And that's great for low tunings because it adds more tension on the lower strings. Yeah. Do you find you get a better tone? It's easier to pick. Take us through. I noticed that the longer the scale is, the better that the strings resonate. Okay. All right. Not, not that you can't get a good resonations off a shorter scale, but I just noticed for the tunings, for the low tunings and the tension that it resonates really well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what tuning are you at? On this record, it's a standard. Okay. Uh, also with the eight string as well. So it's the F sharp standard. Okay. Beautiful. I'm taking a look at the, the overdrive right now. Do you know, what it's based off of? Like, how do you create an overdrive pedal? Well, first of all, you want to get that tone, that tone shape, right? If you look at the pedal on the top part, it says a tone. And that's where that's kind of like the mid scoop. That's kind of like what you want to try to control some of the, some of the low end on your amps. Like for instance, the Mesa boogie Mm -hmm. has a very flubby low end. And so that really helps 
uh, tone shape that low end and tighten it up. Also, there's a low end, there's a bass knob there too. So in case you want to really scoop up, tighten up that low end, you really want to scoop some of those mids, you can actually add some low end back. Okay. If you want it. Then of course the drive and then the level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I usually I usually keep the live about uh about one or two. Um I usually keep the bass up the middle. The tone I usually have it about wait a minute, I guess twelve, one or two. Yeah, so about two o'clock. Mm -hmm. And then the level I usually have it halfway as well. Okay. Very cool. I mean, everybody can set it up differently however they want. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the gearheads listening in slash watching right now. And I mean, I'm even my own kind of uh, gearhead. And so when we start getting into overdrives, it's probably one of the most useful yet unsexy, I guess, to the outside world pedals that you can get because you can mm -hmm. <laughs> you can do so much with them. Yeah, I have like, I don't know how many different overdrive pedals. I have a lot of different. Yeah. So it's one of the ones that you always, you know, the one I always want to try. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I also like EQ pedals and of course noise gate pedals as well. Um I do have some older pedals that I use for some effects and some old records. I use uh an old Ibanez rotary chorus. Ooh. Pedal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've got some old school boss, bunch of old school boss pedals. Can't go wrong with those usually. No, can't go wrong at all. Mm -hmm. But there was something about the Ibanez Rotary Chorus. I use that all over uh, Obsolete and Digimortal. I use that 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 pedal because it has this really cool, really cool chorus, but it's got like this this grittiness to it mm -hmm. that adds some texture to the tone. Right. No, because sometimes when you put chorus on, it really kind of smooths out your your guitar tone, right? Yeah. Like it, it smooths out the top end a little bit, right? But I like this rotary course because it still kept some of the grit in there that I liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and something else I kind of figured in hearing your tone over the years is either it's not as much gain as I think, or there's definitely a noise gate on there or a mixture of the two. Um, a mixture of the two. Um, I usually try to find that sweet spot as far as the game, because you still want to have some of that clarity in there. Mm -hmm. And that's just for the way I play. I mean, everybody can do it however they please. But for me, I've always liked for you to hear the note that I'm changing to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very cool. So we chatted about some Seymour Duncan pickups, some Fortin JCM 800 amps. This is the gear show all of a sudden. Uh, Ormsby, <laughs> Ormsby guitars, which is fantastic. And then, of course, we have the uh, Protone pedal, uh, which obviously we're finding out has shown up on the new record, which is incredible uh, tone-wise. Now, I guess Aggression Continuum. Uh, what, is, what is this record about? Does it have a theme? Definitely has a theme. It has a little little Easter eggs here and there. Um, we could go start with the cover. The album cover is an automaton shaped in a FF with its legs open, I guess you could say. Um, the FF is obviously, um, you know, we always try to put some sort of a form of a logo mm -hmm. on the album cover, right? Because that's the brand. 
but on the bottom right FF, you see a little serial number. I don't know if you could zoom in on that. There's a little serial number there. I'm zooming. And it says, it says FF103190. Yeah. That is the birth of the machine. Okay. That's when the band started. Okay. Now the automaton represents an X. So it's like an F and an X. And the X is a Roman numeral 10. This is our 10th studio record. Now, aggression continuum is aggression is pretty much describing the record, what its tone, what it sounds like, the aggressive parts, the pissed offness that's in there in the lyrics, you know, um, what's there to be angry? The continuum <laughs> and the continuum is definitely just saying that it's going to continue. Yeah. And so uh, I've got here that Francesco Artusato did the. Uh, artwork so basically did he come back with that or did you very specifically let him know uh what you were looking for well i told him that we were looking for an automaton kind of in a shape of an x with an ff blah blah i explained all that and he's like it took him like a couple of tries and boom that's what he came out with cool yeah he's a super detailed three-dimensional 3d guy you know i mean he comes out with we have a video where it actually shows it all the way around Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Maybe you'll get to see it. I don't know. Maybe. I know I've seen the video for Disruptor, and I'm excited to see future videos. Um, is With this video Disruptor, does that mean that there's going to be like a series of videos that follow along this theme? Yes. Not for this one that's coming out tomorrow. We have a song called Fuel Injected Suicide that's coming out tomorrow. It'll be available on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else. Um, that one won't have a video only because it takes a while to make these videos. And we weren't going to have it done in time. So we have the sequel coming out to coming out for the third single, which comes out just before the record. Okay. So there you'll get to see the sequel to the first video. Okay. You got to realize there's some CGI in there. That's what takes a long time. Yeah. And I imagine uh, COVID protocols don't help either. Well, the videos were filming, are, were filming Finland and Finland was pretty good. They didn't really have too much of a huge COVID cases out there. Mm-hmm. So they were able to go out there and, and film this video, you know, without wearing masks and stuff. Okay. Speaking of Australia, I was going to say that's your next bet. Australia? Yeah. They're pretty well open. What do you mean? They're open. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very, they've been very diligent about, you know, their, how they handle the pandemic. <laughs> Don't even need to. They didn't let anybody in for a while. They don't, people couldn't even go into the country. No. Don't even need a mask for a walkabout. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but the CDC just changes guidelines. If you have, uh, if you're vaccinated, you can walk around, you can go anywhere without a mask now. Ah, I didn't know that. They just, they just announced it maybe a couple hours ago. Oh, cool. You must get notifications. Or I found out a couple hours ago. <laughs> I should probably go pay attention to the CDC a little more often. So I'm vaccinated, so I don't got to worry about it. That's right. Very cool. I am on the list to get vaccinated. So, well, hopefully you'll get it sooner than later. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
Beautiful. Is there anything else about the record that you're dying to let people know? Do you know? Yes, there's a lot of stuff. Um, uh, you know, the, the record as it goes along is it's very pretty much a concept record where it's a really it's you know we've always had the relationship between human and AI, right? Mm-hmm. And on this record in particular, the AI thinks it's human because. Um, they've been extracting memories and your soul from humans and implanting them or downloading them into an AI. So that way the AI, because it has memories, it thinks it's human. Right. And so that's pretty much the whole theme of the whole record. Um, but of course, you know, the AI and humans don't always get along. Sometimes they're together. Sometimes they're battling Sometimes they're uh, progressing together, but in this situation, um, the AI is pretty much, it just thinks it's human. And it's kind of like crying out, telling you, hey, I'm human, because there is dialogue between um, a man and machine where the man is basically saying, you're not human, you were made to afflict death, you know, and the machine is confused, he, he can't understand it. He goes, no, I'm human. Right. He goes, no, man. You're just a, you're just autonomous combat system, or you're just an automaton to, yeah. to kill. You're made to kill, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it thinks it's human, so it doesn't believe what the the man is telling him. And disruptor video, it's basically disruptor is anything that you know disrupts something. So we've had these individuals that are trying to just hack into the mainframe to disrupt this signal because the signal between uh, the mothership and the um, drones that are trying to capture them so they could take them back up to the ship and they can like extract their memories and put them into AIs. So that's what they're doing on that song. Towards the end of the record is a song called end of line. End of line kind of means that's it. It's over. And, you know, I can't believe that it's over, but it's over. But it's not over because after that, towards the outro, it goes into the fears, the mind killer speech from the movie Dune. Mm-hmm. And that is where it says, when the fear is gone, only I remain. And that's pretty much what I'm saying. You know, when all this is said and done, only I am the last guy remaining and I will not fear where the future takes me. That's right. Okay. Do you guys, do do you read a lot of sci-fi? What do you think? (laughs) I think, I think, yes. I think somewhere over there, there's a giant bookshelf of uh, sci-fi literature. Maybe, maybe on a Kindle. Do do people still do Kindles or did I just date myself? There it is. (laughs) Well, fan freak. Yeah. Fan freaking fantastic. That, that a lot of YouTube videos, you know, that we've, uh, there's a guy named Ray Kurzweil. You might have heard of him. He, he invented the keyboard, mm-hmm. the Kurzweil keyboard, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a futurist, and he's always talking about where the future is taking us, about nanotechnology and the singularity effect and all that stuff. And yeah, I've been a, I've been into sci-fi since I was a kid. You know, watching all the sci-fi movies, Star Wars, Star Trek, even uh, um, even the Twilight Zone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one episode. It's called uh, "Obsolete Man," 
right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, just being a, a fan of that stuff. And you know, of course, Dune, Terminator, uh, Mad Max, <laughs> you know, all those movies and Blade Runner, being really influenced by that and just uh but we kind of more developed it also into where we are today, uh, being socially aware of the things that are becoming obsolete, mm-hmm. you know, and how technology advances every day, you know, and how much better we're, well, how much worse we're getting as far as being um, addicted to it. Yeah. And how it becomes, uh, how it is become our day-to-day lives and that, you know, nowadays we can't live without it. I mean, people freak out. They lose their phone for five minutes. They freak out. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's, uh, you know, the world became a smaller place, you know, when we started to, you know, get cell phones and everything got, uh, you know, everything started to change. Became a smaller place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get so far apart. <laughs> 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 I'm just imagining a, well, a family. I mean, look, I I get to talk to you, mm-hmm. and I get to see I get to see you there in your own room, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in in one way, it's absolutely incredible, and then I guess it depends on how you use it. Uh, Correct, but we're, obviously, you know, man, we're going to use it in the most negative way. <laughs> I mean, social media is pretty it's pretty damaging. I mean, some people can't handle it. Some people kill themselves because they get ridiculed online or they go into a depression yeah. or they, they need the attention mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So in some ways it's really affecting us in many, in, in many negative ways. Yeah. I heard a quote recently that I agree with, which is social media has done what we were always told video games were supposed to do to us. So you're saying the video games, so you're saying that influences to go out there and kill people? <laughs> yeah, a bit of that. Uh creating uh all sorts of uh a- well, there's a lot, there's, there's there's so much hate, there's so much false information. Yeah, people are believing the most stupidest things. Yeah, it's it's been totally negative. I mean, uh, you know, the insurrection on the Capitol, you know, it really influenced that, mm-hmm. you know, social media, yeah. people are able to form some sort of militias and groups and hate groups, you know, and communicate that way. You could fucking become an ISIS through social media if you want to be yeah. part of that. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a lot of negatives and there's a lot of positives, right? But those are the things that we've been thinking about for a long time, how certain things are becoming obsolete. And other things are taking over. Mm-hmm. AI has been a huge, huge part of our day-to-day lives that we come too dependent on it. Addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether whether it be whether it be porn or whether it be <laughs> just talking to loved ones, you know. Well, I immediately thought of the uh, artificial intelligence uh, sex robot that you know, bring so many people so much comfort because uh, yes, going into it's going to be the two main things would be how we advance in that way. And robotics would definitely be military and then sex. There's humanity in a nutshell, do you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, Dino, 
My questions have concluded. We did a massive chat on the record. We did a massive chat on music videos. We did a massive chat on the production gear. gear. We did a whole thing on gear. Um, yeah. Boom. Thank you so much for coming, coming on to the show today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you giving me this time. Yeah. And uh, anybody who wants to go pick up anything for Fear Factory, go to fearfactory.com. There you will find everything vinyl, cassettes, CDs, merchandise, tour dates, information. So log on there, log on to fearfactory.com. Beautiful. And I'll have that in the show notes because initially nuclear blast, like, Hey, connect with fear factory and I have all the socials and I, I hate social media. So I was like, no, I'm sure they have a website. And I was very angry about it, you know? Uh, and I went to the website <laughs> and I found the website and I was like, yes, there's a website. The hell am I supposed to do on a Facebook page? Can't take me to your website, but that's just, me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> all right. Groovy. Well, thank you. Thank you very much.